Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. Connor, once again, busy this week. So Eric is back on the show two weeks in a row. How are you doing today, Eric? Uh, how's it going across the pond today? Uh, it's going pretty well. We got a nice day today. It's been sunny all day. Not a single cloud in the sky. Got the streak going two episodes in a row. Gotta love to, yeah, you'll have to see it. I mean, come on. I am the main attraction here, am I not? Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So <laughs> we have uh smoke from the wildfires again today, um, which is kind of strange. It's not as bad as it was. Like it's fine outside. It's just a little hazy, which looks weird if you look across the valley. So, uh, pretty, pretty uh, standard day. I'm going to be going to a sprint car race tomorrow night, which is exciting. Uh, been a couple weeks since I got to do that. Going back to Williams Grove for, Pennsylvania Speed Weeks, $20,000 to win race tomorrow night. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, June 29th, almost at the end of July. I don't know if I've said this on the show yet or not, but um, I uh, got my application submitted for New Hampshire Media, so I'm waiting to hear back from that. Oh, that is awesome. I really hope you're going to be able to get a media pass. Imagine all of the juicy questions you're going to be able to ask. I know. I know. I'll have to ask you what would be. I'm trying to think like, I don't want to. My my goal going is to not get kicked out. Right. Like not do anything stupid. You listen to even guys like Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi. They have stories where they got in trouble with the track. Or or someone there, right? And I I don't want I don't want to do that. So uh, that that's the goal. Don't get myself in trouble. Ideally, nobody really knows I'm there <laughs> because that means I didn't do anything stupid. Um, now that said, what I wonder, I kind of hope something juicy happens the next couple of weeks. Here's here's what I think you should do. Definitely try to talk to a driver that's been on the show before. I feel like that would be the best way to get a positive interaction. That is true. Uh, let's see. Who would be running that week? A lot of the guys we've had are part-time. That's the issue. Uh, I, I guess BJ McLeod. BJ McLeod will be that. BJ McLeod is scary, man. I heard he's the nicest guy in the in the cup. I know. I Everyone too, speaks so highly of him. He looks so intimidating, but yes, I agree. And that would be interesting. That would be an interesting piece, actually, to to talk to some uh, backmarker drivers, see if anything, because um, they wouldn't have a big crowd. Maybe, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we'll go talk to BJ McLeod. Um, yeah. Imagine Brendan Gone was there. Uh, that would Gaunt be there. Incredible reunion. I love Brendan Gunn so much. He would probably be so proud of you. Let's be honest. He was so appreciative of of the podcast when he was on. I don't know if he'd remember. 
I don't know if you'd remember, but I genuinely think you would. You think? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe maybe someday our paths will cross again with with Mister Mister Gone. But yeah, I, I, just heads up. I'm I won't be allowed to get pictures, autographs, hero cards, nothing. So don't even try and ask. Fair enough. Um, I, I said I don't want to get kicked out. That's like the easiest way to kick get kicked out is to turn into a fan and take advantage of the access. So that will not happen. Anyone listening, don't try to ask. Sorry, no Brad Kozlowski picture for you. Um, but some other time, you just have to come over here sometime so you can go do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to go about it. Hey, I do have, I, very recently, I had some uh, family friends from the U.S., from Texas, uh, visit. And uh, they said that if I ever want to come by, they could, like, arrange it any time. That said, Texas is really far away from you. It's, like, halfway yes. across the country. So we would probably have to find some sort of middle ground track to go to. But middle ground track, like, Kansas. <laughs> Or actually, Gateway would probably be like just about right in the middle. Um, but I don't, Gateway is not exciting. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out sometime. Sometime. Anyway, we should, we should break down, or Nashville, actually. Nashville would be pretty, pretty close to in between. Oh, and Nashville's one of my favorite tracks. That would be awesome. Ooh, actually, Nashville, that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it later. But uh, Nashville my phone is, is, my phone what? is. My phone was going off. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Uh, I, I've actually, I should mute Discord because it keeps going off here and I don't know why um, it's showing up this time. It has it in the past. But regardless, um, that Nashville uh, was our race this weekend, race number 17 on the Cup Series schedule. Before I get any further, because I just realized I forgot, big thank you to Washington on the Daily. SpoilerDieCast.com and 213Simware.com for supporting the show. You'll hear more about them throughout the show, including Spoiler Diecast, your place for all your NASCAR diecasts as the 2023 cars start rolling. And I saw race winner Ross Chastain's his WWEX, his WEX, or whatever, whatever the blue sponsor is, the shipping company on that car. Uh, that diecast is out for this year in the chassis version. You can find that at SpoilerDieCast.com, as well as many, many others. And as always, this is a Variety Sports Network VSN show. Check them out in the link description below. How, what are your immediate thoughts on the race this weekend? How did you, I know it was late for you, and so you didn't watch the whole thing, but from what you saw, what was uh, what stuck out to uh, the race at Nashville? Um, definitely the atmosphere. Um, they turned this track into a really big event. And I never expected Nashville of all places to be a big event, but it just feels just feels, you know, like like a big time race. Like it has it has a big time sponsor, it has the it has ally, it has a lot of laps, it's you know, four hundred miles. And NBC, they've they've done a really good job really making this feel like a big event. Every time this the season switches to the halfway point. NBC really hypes this race up and they've done a great job. It, the track looks modern. It looks, um, you know, it looks well taken care of. Obviously, there was a, some controversy with the safer barriers. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, overall, I was for like, I, I think I watched like a stage and a half and um, I was really pleasantly surprised. It was an enjoyable uh, stage and a half of racing. Um, 
it was as good. The racing was as good as it can really get with the next gen car at these types of tracks. But um, overall, it was an enjoyable experience, I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree. I I missed the first uh, half a stage, um, so I didn't really see any of the pre race. It does stink because of the weather. NASCAR had to NASCAR moved the start of the race up by half an hour, so NBC got all their pre race coverage cut off because they were. They were coming on air at seven and NASCAR moved the green flag from seven 30 to seven Oh five. And so NBC really didn't get to do any of that hype buildup. It rolled right from nightly news to the NASCAR race, which I guess in some ways is a good thing, right? You know, if you're uh, a lot of people watch the nightly news on NBC here, uh, that thing shuts off and it, you go immediately to the green flag. Basically that might draw some people in. Versus them jumping in with like analysis and, and pre-race stuff, you know? So, but, you know, all things considered, it went really, really well. NBC's coverage was really refreshing. The one thing I will say, I think they do need to take someone out of the booth, but it is really, really nice to have a battle going on and have two drivers who know what's going on, talk you through it and play by play Rick Allen just takes a step back and lets Junior have his fun, right? And and Burton too. Burton's not terrible either. But I, 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 yeah, it was a good race. Nothing spectacular. Nothing especially memorable. But I think as a whole, if you're looking at how you grow NASCAR and how NASCAR kind of reestablishes itself, you need more races like that. You you don't need every race to be a barn burner. But you do need every race to be satisfying and uh, palatable and, and and entertaining to a degree to watch. And I, I that that was my takeaway from from Sunday's race. Rick Allen has been getting really good lately. I mean, I I generally can't really find any sort of valid criticism against him anymore. I mean, he's just doing his job way better than than he used to. And I would argue at this point, most people would probably rate him again uh, higher than Mike Joy, honestly. I've seen that take a lot online. People are starting to really like Rick Allen. Yeah, and, and just from a production standpoint, it's it's nice to have NBC back. It made it feel like an event, like you said. Watching the, the when they pan out, seeing the sellout crowd, seeing like parking lot as far as the eye can see, right, on, on the blimp camera where there's just so many cars. And here's the thing. That, that track only seats 40,000 people, right? But so like 40,000 people at Bristol, the place looks like a ghost town, right? 40,000 people at most other tracks, it looks empty. But because of the, the, the size of the grandstands there, the, the market, the town, you know, you see all these things, all these videos from drivers' social media, the stuff they did on Broadway, Dale Jr. did a live Dale Jr. download from Broadway uh, Friday night. Like, there's NASCAR has made Nashville their, like, summer kickoff race, NASCAR and NBC. And it's really, really neat to see because Nashville is a town that loves NASCAR and uh, loves racing. And you can see it in the way that the people show up to it. I thought about, I debated driving down for the race this year because I knew I thought it would be a cool race. And uh, I'm kind of regretting I didn't, honestly. Um, because, and I think that that race is becoming a bucket list race. I think it's becoming not a crown jewel, but like a, 
an event. It's it's an event, and we need more NASCAR races that are events. I've always liked Nashville. It was always a solid, cool track. But um, this is kind of unrelated. But ever since I started playing guitar, I loved this track even more because of the trophy. <laughs> that Gibson guitar is so darn cool. I I want one of those. I'm sure they're stupidly expensive and no one would sell one. Like there's no way a driver would just sell a trophy. But I, I want one so bad. I want one so bad. Like that thing is so cool. And I love Gibson's. So that is just an awesome guitar. I want that so bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Top five trophies in NASCAR. Top five trophies in NASCAR. Where would this fall? Obviously, I think the Daytona 500 trophy has to be at the top. And then I'd say second place would be the clock at Martinsville. Third place, I'm biased on this. Third place would be the the monster and then I'd probably put the guitar and then the sword at Bristol. And then the and then the Pocono trophy is too, cool, too, with, like, the eagle. Anyway, your thoughts? The lobster, too. The lobster. Oh, the lobster. Yeah, that one's a cool one. Uh, yes. Wait, is it? Uh, where is it that? There is somewhere we went recently that surprised me with how cool the trophy was. Um. Oh, the Coda trophy is cool. With I like, don't think it, I've seen that one. The Coda Trophy is it's it's the layout of the track in like a metal finish. The so uh, Daytona Xfinity race also has the beef. That one's also pretty neat. Do they just get a cow? <laughs> no, they get a piece of meat like this huge tomahawk steak. Oh, that's pretty cool. That that you can't put that in your trophy case though. Yeah, but it's like practical. You can bring it home and eat it. Yes, but okay. Here, 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 here's what you got to do though. If New Hampshire gives out the lobster, and Daytona has a race that's beef, it's what's for dinner. You got to give them a cow. <laughs> Could you maybe, imagine? Just maybe if we uh, race in India one day, we can we can get cows as trophies. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you didn't. Did not just go there. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, we are so off topic. We haven't. I told you before we started recording that I needed to go quicker today. I didn't have as much time, and we've spent the last five minutes talking to the race. Um, a top ten, breaking it down. AJ Allmendinger comes home in tenth. Third top ten on the year. Solid run for him. He won the Xfinity race as well. Um, he has not had a very impressive season. He hasn't had a terrible season either, but uh, Almondinger getting maybe back on track for the summer with some tracks that are in his wheelhouse coming up as the summer goes on. So a good run for AJ. Uh, finishing ninth, we have Kyle Busch, very up and down day. Um, he had a, uh, I think he went to the back or had some sort of penalty at the start of the race. I, 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 was, I didn't catch it. I'm not entirely sure what happened. Um, there you go. Um, but he he managed to get stage points after pulling off a, an insane bonsai strategy. He stayed out all the way till the end of the stage, only to speed on pit road. So that went completely out the window. But um, in in Cob- in true Cobbush fashion, somehow, some way, he still gets a top ten. So love to see the uh the veteran presence still going strong in Cobbush, always getting good finishes. Absolutely. 
Eric Jones comes home in eighth, third top 10 of the year for him as well. A much needed top 10 for Eric Jones in that 43 team. I got to say, um, shout out to Noah Gregson for finishing a race. Um, he's had an awful year. Just wanted to point that out. He did finish and he had a pretty respectable day. Um, 26th, that isn't too bad, especially for how his season has gone. Uh, but his teammate, Eric Jones, another top 10. Uh, that team actually just lost their appeal on their uh, most recent penalty, which means that he's still buried in the point standings. But they need a win, but it's good to see them getting a little bit of momentum here as well. All right, next up we have Christopher Bell. Very respectable, solid day. He's He wasn't around the uh, top 10 pretty much all day from what I saw. Um He's been uh he hasn't had that much winning speed lately. Um he led a bunch of laps to Charlotte, but his last dominant performance was at the race he won. So um personally I'm still waiting for some more standout performances from Christopher, but um he's definitely proven he can get it done. So I'm not too worried about that. Overall, a good solid day for him. We have three Hendrick drivers up next in the sixth, fifth, and fourth position, starting with William Byron. Comes home in sixth. Good run for him. He ran in the top five all day. Kyle Larson finishes fifth. He kind of came on strong at the end. And Chase Elliott as well, a late charge to get up to fourth. He's looked a lot better recently since he came back from his suspension. I feel like he might be uh, getting his groove going. And he's only 65 points out of the last playoff spot right now. I think there's a chance he could track it down. I mean, at this point, you really have to say, you know, if he hadn't wrecked, if he hadn't overreacted at Charlotte and then missed a race, that's like a 40, 50 point swing. If not for that, he'd be right in the thick of it. I still think there's a decent chance Elliot could uh, point his way into the playoffs and the speed is starting to come back as well, which uh, if you're a Chase Elliott fan, you might be optimistic. He could win a race this summer. Um, I still think they're definitely going for the win because um, their margin to the cut line is uh, there's not a lot of uh, wiggle room there. One bad race and it's uh and it's back to back to square one pretty much. So I still think they're going for the win. Um, I think his best shot, if if we get to that point and he still hasn't won, his best shot would absolutely be the the, the Glen, uh, Watkins Glen would be his best shot. But um, he's obviously a champion of the sport. He'll definitely figure it out. He'll be he'll be fine. Um, rounding up the top three, we have Denny Hamlin, which led a bunch of laps. He led eighty one laps. Um, for a good portion of the race, he was definitely the best car. Um, overall, the Joe Gibbs drivers, um, I guess, except Christopher Bell, were were um, were pretty fast, and also Ty Gibbs. I f- I sometimes forget he's a Joe Gibbs driver. Ty Ty ran in the top ten for half the race, though, so he he was he was up there. Yeah, but um, Truex and Denny were definitely the standout performers from uh, from Joe Gibbs this week. Um, Solid run for uh, for both Denny and Truex. Truex finished second. And um, obviously we have uh, Ross Chastain. Led almost 100 laps. He led 99 laps. Just as many laps as his teammates' number. Um, I think this is the win everyone was waiting for from Chastain. For him to finally just go out there and win a race that was on an oval. No gimmicks. Just straight up. Without dumping someone. Without, you know, just having the seize part. At Talladega, just straight up going and passing the main, the dominant car and, and winning the race. So um, definitely a standout performance from him. What are your thoughts on uh, Ross Chastain this week? I find it funny that as soon as we started questioning where the speed has gone, he came up, won the poll, 
led the most laps and won the race. Um, really impressive run by him. Uh, breaks like a 42 race winless drought, which was getting pretty long. His last previous win was Talladega spring last year. And I think we can put him back on the map as a championship threat. He really, I think this is the best run of his career. This is the the best we've seen Ross Chastain be. Uh, Trackhouse winning in Nashville is pretty cool, given that that's where they started. That's where they were planning on being located before they bought Chip Ganassi Racing. And they still have a large presence there with uh, Tootsie's on the car for Suarez a lot and all the connections to the city. So, uh, I'm I'm really impressed with Ross. I think it's a, a, a really solid win heading into the summer, and I wouldn't be surprised to see this kick off another really strong run, as he tends to have. He'll he'll just go on six race stretches where he's in the top five all the time, and then he'll cool off a little bit. So maybe this is the start of another run like that. I think this is the turning point for Justin. I think he's finally figured out what the middle ground is for where he needs to be on aggression. Because he drove, he drove smart. Like you can't, you really can't say anything against him for this race. He genuinely drove a good, smart race. Like he made aggressive moves when he had to, and he backed off when he had to. His pit crew was on point all night. They just did exactly what they needed to do. This was, I would assume, what everyone wants to see from Ross Chastain—just straight up clean, but aggressive driving. And that was exactly what this was. This is the best version of Ross Chastain we've seen so far. Yeah, I am excited to see how he does this summer. So, uh, as we start to look at the playoff bubble, I feel like this is where we should start looking at the playoff standings. Uh, Going into Chicago, we have um, nine races left in the regular season. And there are, uh, sorry, 11 drivers locked in on wins. There are five that... uh, are in on points right now. The five that are in on points are Kevin Harvick, who's in sixth, Brad Keselowski, who's in 11th in normal point standings, Busher in 12th, Bubba Wallace in 15th, and Daniel Suarez in 16th. Alex Bowman is the first driver out, who is two points out. Ty Gibbs is 10 points out. Almondinger is 24 points out. And Michael McDowell is 27 points out. Uh, LaJoy and Austin Sindrick are Still, still technically within a race at 45 and 51 points out, but they're once you start getting down there, you're in the weeds a little bit. Elliot is in 25th, 64 points out. So as we look at it right now, who do you think uh, could slip out of the top 10? Who do you think, or out of the playoffs, who do you think could rise into the playoffs? And who left in the field that hasn't won, do you think can win? Well, um, I think... Probably the most vulnerable driver in the uh, top 16 right now is Bubba Wallace because he is still just not consistent at all. He is so messy when it comes to just, you know, finishing out races and, and, and you know, doing exactly what he needs to do to uh, to get good finishes. He's still extremely streaky and emotional and just not always r- driving how he should and where he should. He should have so, probably won the poll or at least started top five yesterday and he didn't. Or yesterday on Sunday. Yeah. Um he's um he's getting better, but very, very slowly. And um 
Time's running out for him. You gotta you gotta start being able to put seasons together, start to finish. You can't always rely on winning the Talega playoff race. That's not gonna that's not gonna do it. Eventually, Tyler Reddick's gonna go out there and make the round of eight, maybe even the championship four, and you're still gonna be trying to make the playoffs. You can't you can't do that every season. At some point you gotta, you know, put together a solid season. So oh. No, go ahead. To his credit, he's only one top five and two top tens off of Wallace's season, uh, or off of Reddick's season. And Reddick does have the win. Wallace has a better average finish than Reddick and is only two positions in the standings behind him. So they're not actually that far off, uh, which surprised me. But Reddick has been really inconsistent this year, too. Uh, 23-11, I think, as a whole, isn't firing on all cil- cylinders. I think with the speed they've had, though, I mean, I'd look at Michigan – where Wallace finished second last year, won the pole, I believe, ran really well all race. I think maybe that's a race you look at as um, potential for him to grab a win. But, I, I, I mean, I would agree. he, he th- That team's not firing at all cylinders, and I think he's uh, in danger of sliding out of the playoffs. The other one I would say is Daniel Suarez, and we're picking the 15th and 16th drivers in the playoff standings, but... Suarez also has not been fantastic this year, and uh, compared to what his teammate has done, he really needs to step up the consistency uh, if he wants a a shot to make the playoffs. So um, I I would take a look at those two. I think A.J. Allmendinger has a chance to bump in. I think Alex Bowman as well with the speed that that team has shown, that that Hendrick has shown, uh, Bowman will have the car to win races this summer. The question is whether he can do it uh, for Bowman. And I'm you know, Bowman started the year so strong, but I'm it, it's feeling like the same old Alex Bowman now. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought Blake Harris would, uh, you know, would be the uh, would be the catalyst for finally, you know, bringing out the best in Alex Bowman. But uh, still not really leading laps. Hasn't gotten a top 10 since Richmond. So. Oh, it's 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 getting uh it's getting weird for Alex Bowman. I'm a big Alex Bowman fan, but um, it's hard to root for someone that really isn't there most weeks. Like they're not they're not really qualifying that well. They're not running in the top ten. They're not really really leading laps. I mean, like it's hard to root for someone you don't even notice most weeks. Like you you just can't. I mean, what are what am I supposed to get excited for? He's making a pass for sixteen. Whoop de doo. It's he's in a Henrik car. He should be doing way better than this. Yeah. Ally loves him, and I think he's I still think he's a good driver, but I really did expect him to to click this year with Harris, like you said, and to to really uh take his game up a notch. Someone below far below or someone further below the cut line. Um it's it's crazy how far back Austin Centric is. Like He's in a Penske car. He should be uh, way farther up there, I feel. Um, And he's really struggling this year. He has uh, exactly uh, two top tens this season. Um, He just has not been very impressive. He's 51 points out of a playoff spot. He might already be in must-win territory. A couple guys for you here, though. Almondinger and McDowell, do either of them make the playoffs? Do either of them have the speed to make it on points? 
or do both of them have to win at, say, a road course or Daytona? On points, if we had McDowell with Blake Harris, I think that would be a possibility. Right now, as it stands, I don't think so. Um, I do think he could probably win a race. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I picked him to win the Chicago Street Course like two years ago when I made a video on my channel. I, I, I'm, I would be shocked if that actually comes through. But um, Almendinger, I mean, he's always, always in it at the road courses. Like, you cannot count him out. And by the time we get to Watkins Glen, imagine we have an Almendinger and Chase Elliott battle for the playoff spot, for a playoff spot. That would be incredible. And I would not be surprised to see that because Almendinger is so good there. So is Elliott. Um, I think out of McDowell and Almendinger, I think you pretty much have to give the edge to Almendinger. I just think he is just... Overall, he's a stronger driver. He has proven many more times than McDowell that he can actually, you know, win when it comes to it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think I think both of them have a chance, though. I'm all I've been surprised all season, given how mediocre the the 34 team has seemed compared to last year. How 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 decent they've been in the points, which is kind of kind of surprising. So. Uh, that'll do it for our uh, recap segment uh, for this past week. And actually, there's no news, Eric. I told you we'd do a news segment, but there's no news for the week. So we're going to roll like like literally nothing has happened this week besides Eric Jones and the 43 team losing uh, um, losing their appeal. Actually, I just was reminded there was something that happened this week, but... It's not a good thing. Um, Jimmy Johnson has withdrawn from the Chicago street course race. And then Legacy Motor Club have agreed to pull out the 84 car uh, due to a murder-suicide that happened to his in-laws, his wife's family. Extremely tragic. Um, His wife's parents and uh, her nephew uh, all passed away this week. Uh, the police are still trying to figure out exactly what happened, but regardless, three people that Johnson knew very closely have passed away. And that's really, really sad. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Johnson family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Honestly, I didn't know if we would even talk about this because um, it, it's pretty... It's pretty shocking. Pretty shocking news. Kind of, re- It's really hard to talk about something like this. Um. While at the same time, you know, trying to be as respectful as possible towards everyone involved. This uh, sort of stuff, um, you feel like it doesn't happen, uh, you know, and 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 stuff, and you know, in sports and stuff like that, until you know it actually does, and you know, realize this can happen to anyone. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely extremely tragic, and uh, we are. Um, we are keeping the Johnson family in our uh, thoughts because um, uh, he is uh, he's always going to be a part of the NASCAR family. So we'll um, we'll always keep him close. Yes. All right. Well, up next, we will give our Chicago preview and what is certainly going to be a, a very intriguing race uh, this weekend. First of his kind NASCAR on a street course. Our preview up next on the Quick Pit Podcast.
Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast in the 213simware.com race preview segment. Check out 213simware.com for all your sim racing merchandise needs. The link is in the description below. This segment is always brought to you by 213simware. We love having them as a partner on the show. So we've got the Chicago Street Race coming up this weekend. If you told me three years ago this was a thing, I would have thought you were crazy. But here we are. Have you seen any of the pictures? It actually looks pretty cool. I have not seen any of them because I want this to be a surprise. I want to see everything for the first time on Sunday. This is such a dumb event, but I can't say I'm not excited. Yeah, that's that's my vibe with it, too. <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, this is so stupid, especially that this is the 4th of July race, and this is... um. The uh, race that replaced Road America, like that's that's two no nos for me. I, I I don't I don't like it, especially that Road America got replaced. Like, come on, that 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 place was amazing. The crowd was amazing. Maybe it didn't race great, but this isn't probably going to race great either. Um, but from a concept, it's pretty cool, and and I've already seen some pictures. Um. Do you think we're going to get a chaotic race or a boring race? I think there's no in between for this thing. Um, I think it's going to be chaos. Be I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's NASCAR with a bunch of drivers that have never raced anything like this before except maybe Jensen Button and AJ Allmendinger. I don't know I don't know what AJ has raced before. I'm sure he's raced a street course before. He's raced everything. Um is it like usually what happens when we come at these weird tracks is the drivers have absolutely no idea what they're doing. The cars are not well prepared enough for something like this and just stuff happens. That is that that's the best way to describe NASCAR races in general. Stuff happens. Yeah. I well see here's the thing. It's so narrow. If someone gets turned around, what happens? <laughs> Like you get turned if you spin out coming out of the corner, how is, most of the corners are blind corners. Last night I actually went back and watched that iRacing uh pro invitational race they did here. First of all, Rick Ware had three cars qualify in the top five, and James Davison kicked the field in the teeth. And second of all, anytime someone would spin out, they'd get plowed into because nobody could see anything. So I think we're going to have some chaos. And honestly, I would be all for it, really. Oh, man. You know, you would think Rick Ware would call Davidson for this, just for this race to just get him in a car and, and try and try their luck at, at something. Although I don't think they're on the best of terms anymore. Yeah, given the Cody Ware stuff. Um, I'm surprised, like, someone like Scott McLaughlin didn't get a call. Like... Although no, their IndyCar is in Mid Ohio this weekend. Never mind. That 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 makes sense. This is an off weekend. I don't see why Penske wouldn't put a fourth car in there. Let's check the weather quick before we get any further. Um because if it rains. Oh dude. Sunday has showers all night scheduled. At what time is the race starting? Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, so 4 p.m., 4.30 local. And it's scheduled to rain at 3, 
At seven, at nine, yeah. Only time it's clear that day is during the five o'clock hour. So, and this is a rain tire race. Could you imagine? I hope it rains, actually. You know why? Because Michael McDowell is good in the rain. Who else is good in the rain? Ryan Priest had that weirdly good run at Coda the first year we ran there in 37. That is true. Uh, I think Stenhouse, or not Stenhouse, Chastain ran well there. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Man, yeah. imagine if Ross goes back to back and he does the cool watermelon victory celebration in front of the Chicago crowd. That would be that would be one for the books right there. What better way to promote NASCAR than some crazy guy from Florida smashing watermelons on the front stretch? Florida man smashes watermelon in Chicago. Put that on your headline. All right, let's get into the race preview. The track itself. Uh, lots of 90-degree corners. However, it is not flat. It's up and down and through a park. There's a there's a downhill braking zone into a sharp right-hand corner. Uh, the track has some character, and it, ha- it was not repaved for the race. The It's, it's city streets. It's not going to have a ton of grip. Um, I'm optimistic that it could put on good racing. Is there a chance it turns into somewhat of a short track road course where it races like the short tracks that we love just with a few left-handers. Uh, I don't know, because if you spin someone out, do you have enough room to get past them? <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe you just bump them out of the groove. I think there, I think it will be hard to pass. Uh, there are not too many passing zones. There's not a long straightaway necessarily which kind of stinks because we don't get to show off the speed of these race cars. But, um, you know, there's a chance. Excuse me. I don't know why I have to yawn. Um, there's a chance we might the drivers might have to beat and bang to, to make some passes. And if that's the case, we might see some fireworks fly on 4th of July. Aha. Got him. Got um, you know, one thing I'm worried about, Imagine this race is incredible, and then it just doesn't come back next year for reasons completely outside of, of NASCAR's control, just like Chicago saying, yeah, we don't want it anymore. Go away. Which sounds like it's what's going to happen. Then we go back to Road America, and everyone's happy. Yeah, everyone's happy if it's, if the race sucks, but imagine if Chicago was like a cool race, best race of the year. Everyone loves it. It's incredible. There's no way it's the best race of the year. It, it, might, be, it might be entertaining. It's not going to be the best racing of the year. Like... It might be chaotic, which will be fun, but then, like, everyone will be like, yeah, let's not do that again. Like, the first Bristol Dirt Race is like, yeah, that was kind of fun because of the chaos, but that was also really stupid. Speaking of Bristol, I don't think it's coming back next year. Honestly, good good riddance. I don't like that track. Yeah. Whether, Whether it means Bristol goes down to one race or not, I don't care. Get Bristol Dirt gone and get a real race in there. Or a real dirt race, just not Bristol dirt. Knoxville, Eldora, so many cool tracks. Why yeah. don't we go there? The Eldora dirt race. Ooh, I would I would totally drive out to see that. It's Where only- is Eldora? Uh, it's in Ohio. Oh, that is sketchy. You, you and your uh, predetermined notions about Ohio. Come on. I don't know. I don't know anything about Ohio, except that it's sketchy. No, there's nothing sketchy about Ohio. Ohio is just boring. No, it's not boring. Have you not seen any of the clips of alien spaceships and all kinds of robots and monsters in the skyline? 
No. Oh, I got I got to show you this after the show. They're all extremely real, obviously. Oh, yes, of course. All right, let's look at the entry list here. A couple different names running the race. Uh, first of all, we have a Project 91 entry. Shane Van Gisbergen, I think that's how you pronounce it. A uh, Australian supercars driver from New Zealand coming over to race the 91 for Trackhouse. Uh, these cars are supposed to be based off of the Australian supercars in some ways. The next-gen car. So he should be pretty comfortable on how it drives. Um, and I would consider him a possibility to be a threat. I I really do. I think this is right in his wheelhouse uh, based off of what I've heard about the guy. Should be a pretty competitive car too. I mean, um, the 91 car has always been, you know, solid. All things considered, um, everyone that's been in that car has ran decently with them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also uh, Josh Balicki's in the 78. He's run all right at the road courses this year. Nothing Flashy, but respectable. Andy Lally is back in the 51 car with Camping World sponsorship. Um, and I believe... Oh, yes. Uh, one last thing. Um, shoot, what's his name? Kamui Kubayashi? Yes. Um, is running in the 67 for uh, 2311. Which uh, I think flew under the radar. Wait, is he? No, he's doing the. Sorry, I'm I'm mixing it up. Kobayashi is doing the um, shoot, Indy Indy Road Course. Yes, the Indy Road Course, not not a massive race. Yes, uh, so that'll be interesting. Jensen Button's in the fifteen. That's cool, and uh, maybe he'll he'll do well running that. Uh, he did all right at uh, Coda, I think. And uh, yeah, let's get into picks and and looking at some guys who could be a threat. Guess who the only driver to finish on the no, not the only driver. Best drive, best average finish the last ten road course races. Who is it? Um, ah, oh, I, I knew this. Wait, it's Joey Logano, right? No, it's Chris Busher. Was I close? No. Oh. Joey Logano doesn't even crack the top fifteen. Okay, damn. Where did I see Joey Logano? What was I on about? I don't know. I really don't know. Chris Busher, though, average finish of 8.1. Chase Elliott, average finish of 8.3. Busher also has the most top 10s in the last 10 road courses. Road course races at 8. Uh, Tyler Reddick has the most wins. He's won three of them. Uh, Michael McDowell, of course, always a threat. Kyle Larson has shown some speed. AJ Allmaner, good. Uh, Christopher Bell has won a race here. Ross Chastain has won a road course race. Martin Truex Jr. won the last one, and the Toyotas have been very fast on the road courses. I wouldn't be surprised to see another Toyota driver pop up there. Anyone else that uh, pops up for you, Eric? I mean, you got to go with Kyle Larson. Yes, of course. That's a good segue into our picks. Eric is picking Kyle Larson for every remaining race this season. Connor's pick is AJ Allmendinger. Great pick for him. I'm going with Michael McDowell. I kind of It's a road course. I kind of got to. Um, series pick is Mr. Denny Hamlin, which is funny because he's definitely got not going to do well and he probably won't even finish the race. Any other thoughts on Chicago before we close the, close the episode out? Um, this is going to be stupid. That is, that should be the headline of like the main 
attraction of the race. This is going to be stupid. The, this is going to be stupid Chicago street course. That should be the sponsor. The stupid Chicago street course. Yes. I like it. Next year, if it comes back. Um, are you gonna? Are you planning on watching the race? Yeah, I mean, it's not starting too late. I could, I could probably watch it. And I'll say I'm just too curious not to. Yeah, I think uh, we will have uh, me and Connor will be to uh, get together with some other friends to watch it and set off some fireworks and do a cookout and stuff. So that's exciting. Um, those are always fun. Underrated, um, watching pulling the TV out onto the back deck and watching outside. That's a uh, that's what we've done the last couple of races. It's pretty pretty cool. Is the gla- is the glare not not an issue though? Like, can you actually see the TV? Uh, we'll put up either an umbrella or we'll face it in the opposite direction. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, we don't have outlets outside here, unfortunately. We probably wouldn't be able to do that if we wanted to. And plus. Man, our TVs are huge. Like we got, we got those big boy smart TVs with like, uh, sun powered, uh, TV remotes and and huge speakers and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. Yeah, we got we got big TVs and no one uses. I don't use my TV. I don't watch TV anymore. So are I have you, this big TV and I don't even use it. Are you able to watch the race on it? Like if whatever you're watching it on, could you connect it via HDMI? Yeah, I, I do that when I have friends over that want to watch the race. Turn it off the real loud so you can get your soul scared out of your body when Junior screams about someone getting spun in turn three. Um, oh, car the wall! I, I don't turn it on loud because obviously the races are at night and I would wake oh. my whole family up. Slot job! Slot job! <laughs> Oh, oh he, tr- he Junior really tried to get the slide job line in at Nashville. He got excited for no reason because nothing happened, but he really tried it. Yeah. It, and he all, I think he had this really fun call where he said, let me try to get my best Dale Junior voice here. Yeah, the cars are racing at the racetrack here today. <laughs> Aggressive goes around. And with that, you know what? I, I read I think I read the other day that Rick Allen has been quoted saying that he does not recall saying that and didn't know until his kids brought it up to him. So. Uh, we all the show gets always gets so silly when I'm on and like we always get so off topic we talk about the dumbest crap and I feel like I'm making a fool out of myself most of the time I come here. That's good. Yeah, all right. So we'll close the show out. Thank you to spoilerdiecast.com, Washington on the Daily, and 213somewhere.com, as well as Variety Sports Network, VSN. Check out all the links in the description below. Thank you so much, Eric, for filling in this week once again. Hopefully next week we'll have Connor back on the show. Maybe we'll do all three of us this summer. We should do that before the show kind of changes its uh, methods. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please share this around if you can, and we will see you next time on the Quick Pit Podcast. More like the Silly Pit Podcast. We had to get that in there.